Welcome back, guys, to Married to India. I'm Amy Rigetti, and today we're going to talk about our rental nightmare, the crazy nightmare of a rental that we went into post-sale of our 585 home. We had to move somewhere so that we could build a house because the bank was not going to give us money to keep our old one while building our new one. So we moved into this rental, again, 900, less 900 square feet. It was sitting right off the side of the highway. Lots of traffic noise. You know, this is a big, you know, highway that kind of like from 66 to 81, like it's a lot of trucks, a lot of things intercepting, always noise you know, from ambulances to police cars to like, it was a lot of road noise. And so moved into this rental. We've got five adults. Um, we've got, let's see, we've got me, my husband, and then my son, daughter and son. Yeah. So five adults at the time, um, almost getting to adult. And then we had our little guy who's seven and then my brother-in-law with us. Plus we had two dogs. So all in this little bit of space, during a pandemic where we thought we were going to be busy. The joke was on us because we were all stuck <laughs> in this little rental to build and bond with each other. These relationships that probably have been ignored for what felt like forever because the kids hadn't had to be stuck with us in such a tiny space in a long time. Um, everybody used to have their own rooms, own bathrooms, that kind of thing. And now we were closer than ever before in this little rental. Um, we had experienced just crazy situations with, you know, we went from, you know, everybody going to school and we just thought this was going to be so busy. We we're just going to sleep, eat and bathe at the house. And lo and behold, homeschooling happened with everybody being online. Um, and then of course we had everybody staying home from work and then there are no weddings and it just got to be to where every little thing seemed to be building up. Like, where do we go? What do we do? Like, how are we going to build this house? We worked with our builder to, you know, finally get to break ground. And we, you know, that happened later than we expected. And every month where things were delayed, we knew that it was going to impact our ability to move, that it pushed us in this rental even longer than we had expected to be in. And so running our small business to, you know, working full-time jobs to, you know, having three kids who were doing out-of-home schooling in, again, this little home, less than 900 square feet. When we moved into it, we were so excited because it had like a detached garage. And so we were on the understanding at that time that that detached garage, it was going to be finished. Like a portion of it was going to be finished because the guys were thinking, okay, we'll just work out of there. And then, you know, the, the kids and everybody would be in the house. And it just turned into a nightmare when we got there. The garage portion that we thought was finished was not going to be finished. So we wound up using it for storage. And then when we moved in, there were certain things we were waiting for. Like there were no uh, stair handles on any of the stairs. So there were a lot of like safety concerns. When we moved in, we didn't do like a pre-walkthrough on this home because again, this was a contact that was given to me from my real estate agent. And, you know, I knew she had these relationships. So I didn't even think about it. I called her. I was like, Terry, do we need to do a walkthrough or anything? She's like, no, I've worked with Dwight a lot. Da, 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 da. And I was like, okay, you know, we were so busy at the time, just meeting up, didn't work, wound up signing the lease, giving our deposit. And, you know, so much so that he didn't even do a background check. There were so many red flags that we should have said, None of this makes sense, you know, having gone from having to live in apartments and, and going through, you know, credit checks and stuff like that. We should have red flagged a lot of things, but we just, I think we had gotten so complacent to the fact that we live in a small town. Everybody knows everybody. Everybody does right by everybody. We made so many assumptions, you know, that going through this rental, you know, there were 
things that we just didn't care about at the time because we thought we're not going to use them because we're not staying here long. Like there were some screens not in the windows, screens that were torn. You know, there were um, little instances such as this, this was our first experience with like a water softener system. So you had to keep filling up the salt and then the water was just like horrible. So much so that it was turning things brown and it, it kind of got to the point where there was so much salt water in the system that we felt the water was just like we were bathing in slime. It was the most horrible feeling. And some people are like, oh, water should feel like that. I'm like, no, water should feel clean. But again, this is up for debate, but everybody keeps saying, no, you should never feel squeaky clean from water. You know, and I was like, I don't care. I've been so used to it now that we shouldn't feel like we're taking a slimy bath. And so there were issues that we were having um, throughout the time, like getting him to fix the air conditioner. He just wasn't holding up his end of the bargain as a landlord. And as we came to the end of our lease, you know, granted, we, we had lived in that house, that many adults, two dogs, you know, there are going to be some things that are normal wear and tear that wouldn't be normal wear and tear in a normal situation because, you know, we lived there for nine months, but with as much as people were home in the COVID situation, it's like we lived there for 18. And literally he refused to give us our deposit money back. He wound up in the end, like really ripping us off. I wound up taking him to small claims court. And then, you know, he, he wound up hiring a lawyer. Like he knew he was in the wrong. Like all the information that I have clearly shows that this man was experiencing what a lot of renter, rental properties were experiencing, where a lot of people probably weren't paying their their rents because they couldn't afford it. And COVID was, you know, really causing them to get blanketed from being kicked out. And so a lot, if you have many multiple rental properties out there that you're not able to get your monthly payment on, these landlords literally started taking deposits that should have been given back because when you're from the tenant side, there's nothing you can really do. Um, I took him to small claims court to get my deposit back. He didn't even show up to court. He sent a lawyer there to move it from small claims court to general district court in which just gave him more time. And then when we went to general district court, you know, it wound up being that the lawyer tried to present me with a countersuit. Okay. Of all these claims, like it was like over $10,000 of damages they wanted. So they presented me with a countersuit. They dropped the countersuit. And then when it came my time to talk about like why I even brought this court case, they asked that it be dismissed. And so the the court judge at that time dismissed it on, it was like, I didn't use a proper term when I submitted like my list of things that you know, needed to be looked at for us to get our deposit back. She dismissed it. And I was so mad at that point because I knew justice wasn't done. I knew that we lived in a small town where everybody knows everybody. And this was not on my side. And I was just like, I left and I was planning on going back. And finally, again, like my mindset was, I'm just going to keep doing this until somebody listens to me. And then we come home I come home and my husband says, Amy, I don't know that this is really worth it at this point. This rental has become a nightmare. We're, we were now, you know, into our home at this point. And he was like, I think that we're wasting energy on something that doesn't matter at this point. Um, he was like, 
telling me, Srinu is a big believer in karma. Like if you do somebody wrong, it's going to come back and bite you. And Srinu the whole time, you know, is preaching. I often joke with people and I'm like, Srinu is like my little Gandhi, you know, he's like this little freedom fighter. He wants peace, not war. And, you know, it took a long time for me to just let that go because I felt like we were so wronged. And finally, I just said, you know what? I'm going to have to let this one go because it's costing me more time, effort, and energy that it started costing us money. And Serena was like, Amy, just let it go. And so I let it go. But till this date, like I have a big old thick folder of pictures. Like we had pictures. It wasn't like it was just my say over his. I have pictures of every single thing from the beginning to the end, yet I wasn't heard. And, you know, I was so bummed because I felt like the going to small claims court, you know, you're not allowed to have lawyers. You know, that's not something you can do. I never imagined, you know, he was going to get a lawyer and send me to general district court, you know, and I'm not paying for a lawyer when the facts are right here in pictures, in proof, in documentation. And so we let that go. But that was an absolute rental nightmare. I have like so much advice for people who are thinking about doing the same thing and like cross your T's and dot your I's because we are now in a new environment where you know, they are really protecting these landlords and not allowing tenants to speak their mind and really get their story across because this system of justice was not designed for those on the lower end of the spectrum. It's designed for the people on the top end of the spectrum who are making money and, you know, profiting from all this. And in a small community, like when I tell you we live in a, we were living in a town where, you know, rumor had it. Everybody in town was like, this is, you know, an old rich man's town, you know, and at that they even would go to the extent of saying an old white rich man's town because there's a lot of money in this town, but a lot of the people that have the money in this town were old white rich men. And I never saw that until I, I had that experience. And then I was like, you know what, maybe there's some truth behind this. And that's when I was like, take a breath, Amy, you managed to get through this whole tough of the COVID. You lived in this nightmare of a rental and we're going to come out better from it. So stop harping on the things we have no control over and start moving to enjoy the things that you now have control over. And so that's what we did. We still never got our deposit back from him. He never decided to do the right thing. I don't understand how you go to court and somebody is suing you for like, I, I forget what it was, like $15,000. He was trying to get us for $15,000. Um, and then you have the attention of the court and you don't even try to get it. You drop it and then somehow miraculously get it to where even my side's not heard. Yeah, think about that. That's a little food for thought. But that was our rental nightmare. And now I want to move into an episode where we can talk about building our home and how we built our home, why we built our home, thoughts behind us building this home and what the dream was as we were planning out and going through the process of building a home. Episode 20, guys, hang in there. Subscribe, like, share, and follow me everywhere. See you guys on the next episode 21, Building a Home. Building a Home.